0: Welcome to Ashley On, your one-stop podcast where we talk about health and wellness, spirituality, and all things new. Stick around as we delve deep into innovations to support a better world.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. Today's show is with Cole Gibbs. Cole is the founder and CEO of Dama Distributing here in Colorado. And DAMA Distributing is focused on sustainable packaging innovation and uh, working with hemp plastic uh, to help develop compliant packaging solutions and, uh, most importantly, packaging solutions that avoid uh, um, you know, staying around forever, basically, like normal plastic, uh, more sustainable options that remove carbon from the atmosphere in their creation and are then uh, more sustainably Uh, put back into the earth, excuse me, at the end of their life cycle. Uh, Dama is the winner of the 2020 Love Your Planet Award from Cannabis Doing Good, and uh, their nominee for the 2021 Beyond Plastic.net Award, and a proud member of the Plastic Pollution Coalition. Uh, They're a Green America Certified Business and Clean Green Certified Business. So uh, this is the show with Cole Gibbs. I hope you enjoy the show. Thank you. Hey guys, as always, this episode is brought to you by Packed With Life Tea. You know, I always talk about how much I love iced tea and Packed With Life tastes fantastic. And I don't add any sweetener or anything like that. Just great tasting iced tea packed with organic adaptogens, including the four key mushrooms, lion's mane, chaga, cordyceps, and reishi. Of course, it tastes great as hot tea as well, if that's your thing. Um, And some people like to add a little bit of honey, but either way, no matter how you like your tea, you're gonna love this tea and it will boost your immune system, brain, lungs, and gut. That's why it's Packed With Life. So get yours today at PackedWithLife.com. Have a great day. Good morning, Cole.
0: Morning, can you hear me?
1: How are you doing today? Good, how are you? Not too bad, thanks for joining me. Um nice to meet you and uh congratulations on everything you're doing with sustainable packaging it's It's exciting. I can't wait to hear about it.
0: yeah, thanks. And I appreciate you having me on
1: well we just kind of like to dive right in and not not really take a lot of time uh keep our viewers engaged. so I uh, would love to just have you tell us about yourself first and um you know a little bit about yourself and what got you into sustainable packaging and then we'll talk more from there if that's if that's good.
0: yeah, sounds good.
1: <clears throat> so, so tell me about your background. What got you? Uh, what have you been doing in your career that uh, made you interested in sustainable packaging?
0: Um, kind of a massive change, if you will, from what I've been doing in the past to uh, what Donna Distributing is doing now. Uh, my background is actually the automotive industry. I used to build hot rods and rock crawlers for a living. Uh, my emphasis in college was alternative fuels, so we worked on CNG vehicles, biodiesel, hydrogen-powered. Uh, I even worked on hemp ethanol for the automotive industry as well. Really? Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I mean, building hot rods and rock crawlers is definitely a blast. <laughs> uh, but you also see the the other side of that, which is, you know, the fossil fuel industry and the amount of chemicals that the industry works with. I mean, there's probably not a single chemical out there that I haven't put my hands on and worked with just being in the automotive industry. Um, if it's a fossil fuel based chemical, it's used or being used or has been used in the industry and it continues to you know cause worldwide problems um you know plastics are created from fossil fuels so if we can start transitioning away from fossil fuels for energy and automotive and convert it over to hydrogen power which is the real solution um, electric vehicles are really just a stepping stone to the solution uh, as well as the the packaging side of things Packaging right now equates to about 40% of all plastic packaging that exists in plastic production. So, if we can transition that into a more sustainable home compostable bioplastic, uh, which we do with hemp and a lot of other materials, then we can actually start to solve this problem um, that we currently have. And that's why I started Domino Distributing back in uh, 2018. Uh, after moving here to Colorado, I just started seeing the massive amount of waste the cannabis and hemp industry was creating due to the rules and regulations, and I couldn't find a solution. I spent almost a year on looking across the globe trying to find something that was compliant, child-resistant, opaque, and not plastic or massive and have a big lock on it or anything like that, and there was nothing. Um, So Mm -hmm. that's when we started working on creating new solutions in December of 2019. We actually introduced the world's first and only, um, CR plastic hemp containers.
1: Awesome. Congratulations. That's fantastic. I've uh, been in Colorado now for 10 years and, uh, you know, those plastic uh, cannabis containers are just, just, it's just ridiculous, right? I've got so many of them around. You can't take them back to the store. You got to put them into the recycling. I don't trust the recycling anyway. So who knows where those things are going. Um, so um it's it's kind of a it's great that you're doing that and i appreciate it are you now expanding into other states beyond colorado now
0: yeah we actually have expanded into pretty much every legal state um, that exists here in the us we have clients in canada uh, spain australia uh, as well as scotland and ireland so yeah we're definitely Fantastic. expanding we're always adding new products to our lineup as well too uh, our pre-roll tubes that we have launched January of last year with their CR certification uh, and we've expanded beyond cannabis and hemp into other industries and sectors cosmetics food uh, even the fashion industry because even packaging needs packaging so
1: yeah it's 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 just absolutely um, so obvious right i mean but but the challenge is you know, not many companies want to put more money into something that the consumer is going to take and throw away, right? And so, and then, and no consumer or not, not some do, but most consumers don't want to pay more for that either, right? So how are you tackling that economic um, reality with, with DAMA Distributing right now?
0: Yeah, right now it's kind of a perfect storm, if you will, for these kind of products and materials. Uh, six, seven years ago, bioplastic companies were closing their doors because they couldn't make any money. And now the demand exceeds the entire worldwide production of all bioplastics. So I think we've reached a turning point where, for one, material pricing has come down, uh, which is, makes that barrier to entry much smaller. Um, large, massive companies, CPG companies, Fortune 500s, are all looking for alternatives and have goals to reduce their plastic consumption and greenhouse gas emissions. Mm-hmm. Uh, within the next you know, five to 10 years, depending on their plan, and have billions and billions of dollars to do so, uh, the problem is there's not enough material to meet that demand. So if, for example, Coca-Cola needed 10 million water bottles produced out of something other than plastic, that material doesn't exist anywhere right now. A whole new facility would have to be built just to meet that demand for that one product. Mm-hmm. So I also think the customer buy-in is there now. Um, all the reports we've seen from our customers and across the globe is upwards of 81% of consumers are looking for sustainable alternatives and willing to pay for it. And that's the beauty of our products is they're not dollars more expensive. We're talking pennies in price difference, so it's not a huge barrier to entry like it was a couple of years ago.
1: Yeah, that's true. I, you know, especially with this administration and now and driving the price of oil, you know, off the charts intentionally. It's it's a, it's a really interesting situation and timing for folks like you, right? Because it's it's just bringing that cost of plastic up, 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 up. And meanwhile, you know, the hemp industry is growing and expanding and more processing facilities starting to be developed and that's driving the hemp prices down, down, down. So hopefully, you know, the middle happens sooner rather than later, right?
0: Yep, exactly. And we're starting to see more of those restrictions. I mean, Canada moved petroleum plastic to their Schedule One toxic substance list. Um, Oh, wow look at New Zealand has banned all single-use plastics. Um, UK, Germany, you know, city levels, county levels, well, the states here in the US are doing the same thing for single-use plastics from cutlery to straws to even you know, oxo biodegradable plastics, which are even worse than using virgin material. So yeah, I think as that restriction and ban both on plastics packaging and fuel for the fossil fuel industry, because every automotive manufacturer has vowed to not make Combustion engines after 2035. So that is going to continue to restrict and increase the price of petroleum products, where as you were saying, you know, hemp, will, and other bioplastic price will just keep coming down as we produce more and more of it.
1: Now, are you producing um, your products here in Colorado today? Or are you manufacturing in other locations or licensing it out? Or how's it how does it work for you?
0: Yeah, kind of a little bit of everything. Um, you know, it'd be a logistical nightmare for us to obviously produce all of these products that we do carry in our lineup Uh, but we do pride ourselves in producing a lot of our products here in the u.s Um, so all of our bioplastic products are produced here in the u.s all of our labels are the same way printed with water-based inks um, in a carbon neutral facility and then we also work with other manufacturers and vendors and suppliers Uh, some of our stand-up pouches uh, they come from australia Um, they're certified home compostable uh, multiple different sizes and applications. And that's what kind of sets us apart from everybody else in the sustainable packaging industry is all of our products are either home compostable, uh, so no industrial facility is required, or they're infinitely recyclable like glass or steel.
1: So, and forgive me for my ignorance on this question, but tell us a little bit, I I have a feeling that our audience is a little confused as well. What do we need to do with your products? Is there something special? Do we need to compost them? Do we need to just throw them away and not worry about it, that they're going to take care of themselves in the natural trash? Or do we need to recycle them? Or is there another option?
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, End of life um, is very important for any product or material. Uh, With most of our materials, we recommend composting, whether that's in your home or backyard compost or industrial compost if you have a curbside pickup um, that is not required it still will break down in your backyard um, recycling uh, we only recommend that for you know our glass and steel products uh, because they are infinitely recyclable and that's how they um, move through the recycling stream where the bioplastics and the paper products um, definitely compost so you have that circular economy where we can turn that compost over and sell it to the farmers which then can grow more plants which can be used for more packaging and the cycle continues and that is something that we always speak with our customers about and recommend they share that information with their customers as well so that they know how to properly dispose of it because uh, like you alluded to at the beginning mountains and mountains of all these plastic pop tops and nobody knows what to do with and the recycling facilities actually will not take them unless you've washed and sanitized them because mm-hmm cannabis is still a federally controlled substance, so any residue in there is illegal for them to handle.
1: Even so, even your ketchup bottle, right? You got to wash it all out, which what's the cost of all that water? You know, it takes forever to get all that stuff clean enough for it to then to be recycled.
0: Yep, exactly. And, you know, a lot of that is now being made out of plastic. You know, there's not a lot of glass ketchup bottles. No,
1: there. none.
0: <laughs> glass is, it's heavy. Uh, it's expensive to ship. There's more breakage than you would with plastic, but the downside of plastic, we all know, is a huge environmental impact and it's, you know, destroying our planet.
1: So composting is what we should think about doing with with bioplastics, such as the things that, that you're pro, you're producing. We should either compost them ourselves at home or put them in the, you know, If we, I live in Boulder, so we actually are fortunate enough to have a composting pickup every couple of weeks and they come by and pick it up. So um, that would be the appropriate way to do that, to use your packaging at end of life then, right?
0: That's correct. Yep. That's exactly what we want everyone to do with it. You know, if it does unfortunately end up on the side of the road because somebody unfortunately littered it, uh, then it'll actually solar degrade in roughly about 14 months. So still not leaving any harm or detriment to the environment um, as it breaks down. You know,
1: what happens if it goes into the trash? If somebody, you know, mistake they, they're ignorant, they don't understand what to do with it and just throw it in the trash. <clears throat> so Does that, it mess up the landfill or does, it, does the landfill mess up its natural properties of, of degrading?
0: Yeah, so there's actually three different types of landfills that exist. You have you
1: know, active,
0: non-active, and then hybrids. Um, okay. So the non-active, they're anaerobic, no oxygen, nothing breaks down. Um, they've done research and dug up landfills that are 30, 40 years old, and they still found newspapers and hot dog buns mm. and apples. And if those aren't going to break down, bioplastics won't break down. Right. But if it's an active landfill where they're actually pulling the off gas primarily methane, off the landfill, using it for powering the landfill, or they will store it and sell it off, then uh, the bioplastics will break down just like regular organic matter, whether it's an apple or a tree or a piece of paper. So it depends on where it actually ends up.
1: So really the best education is just stick with the compost for the consumer, because they don't really know what kind of landfill they're dealing with, probably, in most situations.
0: Yeah, um, here in the U.S., most of them are not active um there's only a handful of of course not
1: (laughs) probably (laughs) let me guess the uh the the active ones are uh are more expensive
0: Uh, a little bit more expensive you know more equipment that's involved versus you know just a layer of dirt so
1: yep 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 i get it It's the way it works so uh that's why we're here to change things right so um what what uh are you most excited about with your business today? I know it's growing and, and the, the environment and the acceptability of your business is changing, right? And, and I understand that and that's obviously very exciting. But beyond that, what are you most uh, optimistic about and excited about for your business?
0: Yeah, so we're actually working on a, a new project to produce our own 100% hemp-derived bioplastics. so we can eliminate you know the supply chain issues that we have been having and currently are experiencing. Uh, we can eliminate the additional polymers that are in our mix. So we can just go with a straight 100% hemp derived bioplastic. Um, It is designed for injection molding applications and it's also in backyard compostable. And it's 100% derived from waste hemp biomass. So we don't need crops grown specifically for this material. We only use the waste biomass for it.
1: Interesting, that's fantastic. So are you using a combination of the herd and the fiber to do this? Are you still isolating out the, the herd as your key hemp component um, for the for the material,
0: yeah, that's actually the beauty of these patented technology for how we actually convert the biomass into the bioplastic is we can use any part of the plant, root tip, we can use it all, run it over with your truck. It's I'll fantastic.
1: Well, as you as you probably know, and I'm not sure some of our audience, depending on some of the shows that they may have listened to with me, you know, one of the big barriers in this entire industry uh, for what what Cole is trying to do is um, and it sounds like you're addressing that coal, but one of the biggest barriers for folks like coal is, you know, the hemp stalk contains all this material that can be utilized for papers and plastics, but typically that stalk then has to be harvested and it has to be dried out to the particulars uh, specs in the field before it's then baled up, which is a challenge for farmers. And then that those bales have to be brought into a facility um, locally, you know, close to the farmer or otherwise the transportation ruins the economics. Uh, and that facility has to be able to strip the uh, the outer fiber off of those stalks and separate it from the inner woody core or what's called the herd part of the stalk. And in my my experience, most plastics makers are using that inner herd component uh, to utilize to make plastics, but the difficulty means that it's all got to be separated. So what you're saying here, Cole, is you can use that entire stalk without separation, just grinding it up. Is that is am I hearing this correctly?
0: Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> and not all bioplastics are created the same. So no, they're not. you get to that end polymer, um, the feedstock or beginning material um, may have to be processed in a different way where our technology allows us to use any of it, you know, pre or post extracted, As long as it's micronized below 200 microns, uh, we can still use it. So it's if it's the herd, the bass fiber, the leaf, um, whatever, we can use all. Of
1: Okay, well, we, let's take a note to follow up after this call because um, I've got a business opportunity I want to talk to you about that that I'm setting on, uh, there's there's access to a lot of biomass um, that that we've, in another business venture I'm in, um, we've decided to kind of pause because the separation equipment is six month delay for us to get that equipment in ordered. Um, we've already, we're ready to go on the grinding. So if we, let's talk as, as a separate about maybe there's a way we could work together.
0: Yeah, definitely. Because uh, what we plan to do is bring this to commercial scale. Yep. If you look at the industrial inside in every sector, whether it's paper, plastics, fabrics, you name it, there's not more than a handful of companies and nobody's doing anything on a commercial scale yet.
1: And now, that's ge- what we Sorry about that. Geographically speaking, where, you know, obviously this stuff's got to be grown across the United States. Some areas in the U.S. are, you know, it's more favorable to grow. It's more favorable with weather or more favorable with, legislation or both Um, you know one of the challenges that i'm aware of in the industry is you know being able to have the you know the manufacturing facilities located in you know some favorable geographic location to where those you know the plants are being grown where uh, geographically speaking i you don't have to give me any proprietary details if it's if you don't want to share but give me some idea of the the regions in the u.s that you're looking at um, that are most favorably located to help supply what you're doing
0: yeah, um, we're actually starting here in Colorado. Uh, as we know, there's a lot of hemp that is grown here and probably 80% of all processed CBD is processed here in Colorado. I mean, there are this mm-hmm. amount of processing facilities here. Uh, but we do have, plan on having probably five or six locations across the U.S. in those regions that have high growth for hemp. Um, obviously, the Midwest area, um, up north Illinois, they're growing a lot right now. Uh, Michigan as well. Um, then you've got the kind of the southern part, southeast where Kentucky, Tennessee as well. Um, I know New York is starting to get into hemp production as well. Um, obviously, the northern hemisphere um, can't really grow anything in the winter. So having facilities all over the country, we bring in the available biomass at different times of the year. And so we're not shipping product all over the country for no reason as well.
1: Yeah, exactly, which kind of defeats the sustainability benefits that we're going for anyway, right?
0: Yep, exactly.
1: Um, so you know, again, um, it's, it's just fantastic what you're doing, and and the cannabis industry needs it. But what about just the general consumer package goods industry? Are you making any progress with Procter and Gamble or you know Kraft or Nestle or any of those big big dogs that um, you know you mentioned Coca-Cola, right? But I, and or is the or is the scalability limiting that conversation right now?
0: Uh, Yeah, we're actually speaking with a lot of these companies, um, trying to find out what their needs are and what products we can actually provide for them. Uh, One of my business partners, she just received the first and only uh, patent for a hemp plastic product, uh, specifically for the feminine care industry. Um, So that's the direction one of our paths is going for those products. Uh, But since she owns the first and only patent for a hemp plastic product, uh, we can continue to build on that and provide other products for consumers. So let's say P&G wanted uh, pill bottles, we could do that. Or if Johnson & Johnson needed uh, new plastic syringes, we could do that for them. So really anybody that wants to eliminate their petroleum plastic and use a different sustainable alternative, uh, our material is designed as a direct replacement for that. Uh, The only real difference is lower temperatures than you would with traditional plastics. Uh, so less energy cost. Uh, so a lot of benefits moving in that direction and eliminating plastic. Outside of you know the carbon reduction that comes from eliminating plastic.
1: So, so your your technology and your process today is because I've I've done a little bit of research on the injection molding, you know, uh, part of the business and how they generally accept these little bitty pellets, right? Is it a, a plastic and they they get all these little pellets and then they put them together at very high heat and mold them into you know, the plastic final good. Are you creating um, a similar type of pellet that then can just go right into their process? Yep,
0: exactly. We would be producing the raw pellets or nurdles uh, that they could do as a direct replacement, drop it into their hopper, runs through their equipment. Again, just at a lower temperature than petroleum plastic um, and they can produce the same products. Um, There may possibly be needing some adjustment to the tooling depending on what product you're producing, uh, but no major um, replacements or anything like that. You don't have to replace all of your equipment. It just might be a fine adjustment to the tool itself.
1: That's awesome. Um, well, fantastic. So I guess now, what if I not asked you that you wished I would? What would you like to share?
0: Um, really? I mean, what we're trying to do is, like I said, bring this to a commercial scale. Uh, we're in the funding stages, uh, both for this first facility and the other facilities uh, that we plan on having across the U.S., Um, And As you alluded to, all the decortication equipment and grinding equipment that is needed, uh, because not every farmer has access to that, so we will have all that at our facility as well, so we can bring in as much material as we need, which is what we're projecting is somewhere between 300 and 400 tons of biomass per month um, out of this first facility, so a significant amount of material which we know that does exist currently. Um, We just need to be able to get our hands on it and have it processed so that we can actually convert it into a bioplastic. So right now we're definitely still looking for funding uh, to help drive this forward, but we've gotten to the point where uh, we've found multiple locations for this new facility. We're working with um, the state um, as well as the county um, to make this a reality. So hopefully if everything goes well, we'll be breaking ground this spring and start producing material by the end of the year, full capacity, my goal is Q1 of next year.
1: That's awesome. You bring up one more question for me there when when I'm listening to that answer. Um, What about anything uh, from the government, government grants? I mean, we pay a lot of taxes, right? Are you able to get any of that money to to really do something good with it?
0: Um, Yeah, that's what we're working on right now. We put in a couple of grants, uh, both for waste removal here in the state of Colorado, as well as greenhouse gas reduction. Um, as well as hemp processing. So there are a lot of grants that are available, both on the county, state level. Um, the federal level is starting to spend money on hemp, uh, whether it's hemp growth for industrial applications, processing, um, even the consumable side and CBD um, products as well. So now the things are you know, federally legal. As of a couple of years ago, I see more and more f- money starting to flow into these projects. Um, all across the board in industrial hemp, uh, as well as Colorado. We just got approved by the USDA for our hemp program, uh, which should be taking place this year and finalizing all of that data. So hopefully we can get more money from the federal government for hemp innovation and the industrial hemp side of things.
1: Well, that's awesome, Cole. I really appreciate you being on. I'm gonna stop the recording here in a second, uh, but I'd love for you to stay on the line and let's, let's talk a little bit more if you've got a few more minutes. Um, but thanks a lot, Cole Gibbs from Dama Distributing to being on the show today. I really appreciate it, uh, what you're doing and, uh, you know, Godspeed to you, Cole.
0: Yeah. Thanks, Ashley. I'm glad to be here and happy to chat.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Ashley on nothing
0: but the truth for a better you and me.